Oh my stars, I am so thrilled you're here. I am Kai Graham and welcome to my podcast, Parent Toolbox, which is specifically designed to equip parents with the tools for navigating adolescence. I've been in the trenches of parenting and now I'm on a mission to help parents support their teenagers so that together we can build a mentally healthier and happier generation of young people. Each week you will receive learnings and takeaways that will help you tackle the challenges and the oh shit moments that are often associated with parenting tweens and teens. I have your back and I'm glad you're here. Welcome to another episode in the Parent Toolbox podcast. I am so glad you're here. How are you doing? How is it going in this lockdown life? Actually, I still say lockdown. I I prefer the word hibernation. It sounds a lot softer to me. But how are you coping? Are the kids at each other's throats? I tell you what, if they are, it's absolutely exhausting, isn't it? And so this episode, I'm wanting to give you 12 pointers to combat sibling rivalry. Now, there are arguments and it's competitive and it's fighting. And invariably, sibling rivalry, it it is. It's a, a natural part of parenting life. And invariably, it's not a bad idea to let sibling rivalry run its course. But when things do start getting serious, when maybe the older kids are um, being slightly more vindictive or maybe when it turns into family bullying, then we really do need to start stepping in. But the majority of times, it's the squabbles, it's the fighting that can actually drive us to distraction. What is sibling rivalry? Apart from the bickering, well, technically, it's an imbalance of power between your kids. And it's where they are fighting the bit out, for want of a better phrase, but also it's when they're sort of trying to kick the tires, they're trying to work out where they are in the pecking order of family life. And they start with sort of fighting and and pushing each other's buttons. Problem starts really when the kids, when you sort of maybe see one of your children lose their spark, maybe their confidence is dropping and their self-esteem's a bit low. And that's really as parents when we need to do something about it. What causes sibling rivalry? Well, if you think about it, as families, we are people that are thrown together. It's all very well with our social circle. We tend to be able to sort of pick and choose a bit more. But families, we don't really have very much choice. And so children are working out all about relationships, where they fit in. They're learning about their own individuality. They're learning how to interact with other people. And so all of this is, is all quite normal. Usually, it, you know, sort of when kids are sort of squabbling, it, it's, if you remember as a parent, you know, oh, it'll end in tears. And, and that's quite normal. But especially in lockdown at the minute, This constant battle between children can be absolutely exhausting. So I'm with you on this one. I think the thing is, if you go way, way back in your own family experiences, sibling rivalry can start as early as when a new baby comes on the scene and the older child or children are suddenly realizing that they are less of a center of attention for a while. 
And it then sort of, you know, migrates to not sharing toys. I know we had a biting phase when my kids were sort of toddlers. And it's just them sort of working out, you know, sort of how actually the ultimate point is, is how to get mum or dad's attention. Because the child that is usually instigating these squabbles or these fights invariably has their own relationship with you. They feel that it's threatened and that's where the insecurity sort of comes in. So what I do suggest is when you're looking at this behavior, just have a look and see what is the positive intention here. And as I touched on earlier, that positive intention in fairness is usually your child looking for your attention. It could be based on how they're feeling. They could be angry, they could be scared, they could be fearful. As I said, they could feel as though your relationship with them is threatened in some way. They could be hangry, they could be just in need of reassurance. They could be bored. I mean, there are many, many reasons why kids sort of start looking for attention and and just relieving what's going on in their head. But as a parent, what is our role? How can we support our kids Well, I think initially it's important just to hold back and we don't need to step in all the time. I would advise that you pick your battles because otherwise you're going to be sort of judge and jury at every little altercation that's going to go on. So hold back and watch. I mean, unless obviously someone's sort of, you know, health is at risk or it starts getting nasty. But just watch and just let them sort of sort it out themselves if that's at all possible. So let's get to it. My 12 pointers for combating sibling rivalry. Number one, as a parent, remove your ego and emotion. And I know that's easier said than done, especially in these times of self-isolation and when we're all living on top of each other and nerves afraid. But we know that our kids are like sponges and they absorb the energy in the room. They absorb our feelings and our emotions. And if we're stressed, they're stressed. And if we're cross, their cross. And so it's really about creating a calmer atmosphere. And when you are speaking to them to avoid the, you're always driving me mad. Why can't you just be sensible and all this sort of stuff? Because they're not going to listen, especially if they're on high alert as well. So remove the emotion and try and remain calm because actually their behavior, whilst they're looking for your attention, it's not really about you at all. It's about what's going on in their little heads. So try that one. Number two, no favorites. And I know, I know some parents will say, oh, Kaya, how can you say that? I love my children equally. And I'm sure you do. And and, and that's a, a given, let's say. But we might behave more favorably for one child than another. And invariably, it's quite natural that sort of, you know, many parents would sort of, oh, don't be mean to the little one or whatever. And sort of maybe come down slightly harder on on the older one, which sometimes may not be fair. So just avoid trying to have some bias. And it might be unintentional. It should be unintentional, but it might be unconscious. For example, 
you know, maybe you've got a child that sort of might have characteristics or traits that remind you of your ex or remind you of, you know, sort of someone that you're not too keen on in the family. And you, it, that, that also might just sway the way you are viewing your kids in their sort of various squabbles and tiffs. So do avoid favorites wherever possible. Number three, be fair. And by fair, I don't mean you have to be equal. That's the whole point. There is a distinction here. Because if you think about it, if you've got a 17-year-old child and a 10-year-old child, you're going to treat them both very, very differently. There are going to be different bedtimes. There are going to be different access to various devices. There's going to be a difference to, obviously, their sort of mental ability to cope with certain situations. So as long as it's sort of age appropriate and as long as it's fair, it doesn't necessarily have to be equal. You might have kids that have got different physical needs or different emotional needs, and you're going to have to adjust to that maybe Let's say, for example, one child is dyslexic. They're obviously going to need a bit more support in their written work or in their reading work, and that's totally understandable. And as long as long as the rest of the kids understand that and it's been explained to them, then there's no reason why that's going to cause any problems. But what I would say is compensating maybe that amount of attention for something different with other children, and then it all sort of seems to iron itself out. Number four, avoid comparisons. Oh, why can't you be as nice as your sister? Why do you have to be so rough and tumble? Or why do you have to do this when your your brother does that? You know, it's 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 natural and it, and it's understandable that in the heat of the moment we can actually sort of kick off and and sort of make comparisons, but they can be exceptionally dangerous. As can be labels and watch out for those. Oh, she's the quiet one, or she, he. Oh, this is my good one, or this is my reader. Oh, well, you know, because I, I must admit, as as a as a child, my brother had so many labels; it was ridiculous. He was the sporty one, and the good-looking one, and the you know the clever one, and the one that excelled at most things. And I was never given labels. And it made me feel that I wasn't important enough to have labels. And so I sort of, for many, many years, especially during my childhood and, um, you know, sort of teenage years, I just flew under the radar because I didn't believe that I was able to shine anywhere. And so, and not that this was done with any malice. um, And I think that's the problem is that labels and comparisons can sort of be done, which pigeonholes kids and they take on that label themselves. And that's that. That's really worth bearing in mind. So watch out for those because they can have rather a detrimental effect for the long term, not just the short term. Number five, watch out for the triggers. What are the patterns? What's going on? When is it that your child sort of starts picking a fight? When is it that, you know, the 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 argument levels escalate at home. It could be bedtime. It could be when the kids are hungry. It could be when they're squabbling over devices. It could be when one of them's feeling sort of very, very vulnerable. So work it out. Find out what these triggers are, because if you can preempt them, then you can diffuse a situation actually before it even starts. Um, so that's really worth bearing in mind. Even, even if you have to 
do a, a, a diary and say, okay, what's going on here? So every time sort of, you know, that something else gets sparked off, just stop before you intervene, just stop and go, right, have I seen, and you probably have, have I seen this pattern before? What's going on? Because the trick is, is to be able to break the cycle. And it could be just a distraction sort of technique that you need, or it could be just early intervention before anyone becomes aware that this is, you know, that something's about to kick off. But just watch out for those triggers because it really, it it can help sort of stop something in its tracks before it even starts. Now then, how's about group family fun number six? And invariably, you might have sort of teenagers going, oh, God, no, no, there's no way I'm going to do that. That's so lame. Or, you know, the sort of the younger ones, I can't do that. That's not fair. I can't join in or whatever it is. But try and find something where you as a family can enjoy some fun together. And it could be something as simple and, and it probably is at the minute, you know, so when we're we're all under these rules and regulations for staying inside and staying at home, it could be something as simple as running around the park with the dog for, for an hour. Or if not a family game of, I don't know, Scrabble or Monopoly or sort of charades or something and if nothing if nothing else you know a family movie night is always a, a safe one you know get some popcorn and just sort of sit down and get a, a movie that sort of suits all the family but what this does is it pulls everyone together and it makes them realize that that you know that you're all sort of you're all individuals but you're all sort of um living under the same roof and and to to have something like a bit of family time together proves that actually you can sort of you can succeed not all the time but you can successfully sort of you negotiate can negotiate an evening together and that works quite well but on the flip side number seven spend some separate time with each child and I know many, many parents are sort of saying to me, Kai, you're having a laugh. I mean, you know, n- at the minute, um, some of us have so much time on our hands and others of us who are maybe working from home and sort of have, that, have other responsibilities are literally really strapped for time. Well, that's fine. But I am assuming that your children are one of your very, very top priorities and I think what one the one of the benefits of sort of coronavirus has proven to us is that you know we're beginning to understand what the important things in life are again. We're beginning to realise that it's not the fast cars and the you know sort of the big pay packets and the fancy this and the you know the latest that that actually it all boils down to family and it all boils down to belonging and um, the respect and love for one another. I, I think that's coming through loud and clear. So surely finding time to spend on a one-to-one basis, one parent, one child, is absolutely, I mean, it, it, it's got to be a priority. It gives your child that knowledge that they can be the center of your attention. And in, you know, in fairness, what happens is that the sibling rivalry reduces because your child is now no longer needing to compete for your attention. And it could be, you could be sort of doing, I don't know, doing jamming on the guitar with one child and baking cookies with the next, or you could be sitting down and sort of reading with one or just chilling or listening to their latest sort of 
Xbox sort of game. But it's it. Do you know the secret is is finding out what makes your child tick. Not oh well, I think we'll use this as a really useful situation where we can learn a bit more X, Y, and Z. No, 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 no. That that's for another time. When I mean one to one, I mean quality stuff where you and your child can bond. And you can find something that um, is that that you've got in common, and you might have to manufacture it. I did with with my son, with Jack. Um, I was needing to find something when he was a teenager for him and I to do together, and thankfully it turned out to be Game of Thrones, not something that would have been on my radar. It's something that really, I you know, that sort of genre didn't interest me. But he started reading the books, and I started to match it, and actually, I turned out to. Love it but it was something that we could enjoy together and so that's so important if you can find something that you and each child can do together without interaction from anyone else it is absolutely gold now we are uh, we we have sort of touched on you know you are going to get squabbles number eight is sort of resolving the conflict you are going to get squabbles and that's only natural do not beat yourself up and think oh I'm a horrible parent and and my children can't stand each other because they need to push the boundaries they need to push each other's buttons it's their way of finding um, how relationships work and they're learning, you know, sort of how, what, what is acceptable behavior and what isn't. So this is all part and parcel of growing up. It is natural. So first of all, just watch what's going on. Don't, don't you know, just observe and make sure, and you know, you, you'll, you'll be able to suss out, sort of, well, sometimes you can't suss out how it all starts because some some kids can be sort of rather underhand and a bit sneaky. But watch how the, the um, argument is playing out and monitor what's going on. They should be able to sort it out for themselves. I mean, okay, if it starts getting physical and... Um, it, 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 it becomes rather one-sided, then intervention is required. But I remember so vividly, my brother used to, to play games with me. He was younger than me, but he said, right, listen, we're going to practice our Chinese burns and I'm going to go first. So he used to do a really bad Chinese burn on my arm and then run away. Well, I mean, of course I was going to get annoyed at this and there was always tears and not, not only because it hurt, but the, the unfairness of it all because I didn't I didn't get the chance to inflict pain on him, for goodness sake. But it's, it's you know, so some of it is all lighthearted and other sort of times when the tears come on, it could mean that, you know, it, it, it's slightly more serious. But do remember that just all the while, this is them learning. This is them understanding how to negotiate family life and beyond. Um, so, but, but, but as I always say, Pick your battles, but if you need to intervene, if it sort of starts getting rather one-sided, then go for it. Number nine is, um, I'm a great advocate of this, is all about the family powwow. What is that? This is, it, it's a bit like sort of the this family group fun, but actually it's a, it's a meeting, but it's meeting sounds sort of so um, contrived, doesn't it? And so structured and so formal, but it's a way of the family getting around the table together. And I suggest this sort of happens um, maybe once a week. Um, 
and and it's it's you know meal time is always a great time to do that and it's a way of you guys being able each member of the family having the platform to voice what's going on now sometimes they you know to avoid people shouting over one another what i suggest is that you know maybe you have a system where whoever's holding the wooden spoon is the person that's allowed to speak and the rest of us have to listen or if that's too much then maybe a teddy or maybe a whatever all devices by the way this is this goes without saying are shoved out of sight out of mind so no devices at the table i i go i go into this a lot more in my book um the teen toolbox but it's it, it's basically giving each person a voice not everyone has to talk they, they don't want to that's absolutely fine and that's to be respected but everyone has to listen and it's a way of the family being able to collaborate and go oh okay well Lucy wasn't happy when this happened so how can we do something about it or you know sort of um, Marcus wasn't doing this or or you know sort of um, Jade was having a trouble with and and how can we all sort of join in to help or whatever it is it's it's a way of you guys being able to change chat and and um sort of speak to one another listening and respecting what everyone's feelings are because when we are all and I, I this is you know I've spoken about this in previous podcasts when we all feel as individuals loved understood and respected then if our heart's happy then the rest of us doesn't really need to kick off if that makes sense Number 10, set your expectations. And this is where the boundaries sort of come in. This is where we are able to say, um, you know, this is good behavior or this is this is acceptable behavior and this is not. So sort of, you know, um, punching each other's lamps in, I would sort of hope, you know, let, let's not condone violence. So that's unacceptable behavior. But, you know, sort of just sort of, I, I don't know, and and it depends it depends what your boundaries are i mean you know kicking and biting no thanks but snatching and and sort of raise voices perhaps i don't know this is this is where you need to um tell your children exactly what's expected of them and what you will tolerate these now if necessary you can draw up a contract or a set of rules that you shove on the fridge and um you know this is this is sort of the, the, the family rules, because what kids need to understand is that either are boundaries wherever we are, really. And I mean, you know, it could be that but boundaries and rules are all over the place. If you join a club or, you know, or, or the swimming club, then it's sort of, you know, no diving in at the shallow end or no running along the side. I mean, we all have rules and regulations and invariably it's to keep us safe. So it's it's explaining to the kids what is acceptable at home and what is not. And it could be to do with the use of devices. It could be, the, you know, sort of the language that you're all using. Um, it could be bedtimes. It's, you know, all this is... It helps if you've got sort of something um, like a set of rules or a contract or something that's going to be sort of visible or agreed with the family. If they've agreed with it, um, then they're more likely to toe the party line if and when you start sort of getting, um, you know, let's say like bedtimes. Oh, he's going to bed later than me. And then it's, uh, no, this is what was agreed in the family powwow. And look, it's written on the fridge. So by managing your expectations, it help, it helps everyone sort of stay in their lane a tiny bit um and as i said it, it it's understandable kids need to understand that actions really do have consequences because you're sort of helping them for in in family life 
Um, as I said, number 11, it, it's important. Um, you know, it's all very well. Sort of, well, Kai Graham says that, you know, this is all, you know, sort of squabbles and arguments and whatever is all part of family life. It is. But do not let it get out of hand um, because that's when bullying starts, actually. And this is I know, I know it's a tricky one because it's a fine line. But if one child knows that they can always get away with stuff, if one child knows that actually, oh, well, that's acceptable behavior. If it starts sort of, if it starts impinging on someone else's um, well-being, then you do need to step in and then go back, look at the sort of expectations, possibly chat about what's going on at the family powwow. So I would always do remember that at the very end of the day, you are the captain of your ship, and um, it's not my way or the highway, but. Someone needs to be in charge to make sure that everything is sort of, you know, you're all heading in the right direction. And number 12, just remember that you're a family unit. You are in this together. Um, you are, I, I sort of liken it to, so I say to my kids, this is, this is you know, it, it's Team Graham here. It's us against the world without making it sound too sort of confrontational and ma without making us sound so isolated. When the kids know that they are part of a team, when they are part of your family unit, when you are sort of acting together, um, it, it, it's a real morale booster. It does so much their confidence and it, it, where possible, have family, uh, have the home as their sanctuary. And I know that's easier said than done at the minute. You're self-isolating. You are under one roof and probably many of people are feeling suffocated. Many people don't know which way to turn. But the trick is, is to realize that you and your family, if you are, if they, if the kids are feeling safe and loved at home, then that is just worth its weight in gold. It really is. And so it's just helping the kids to understand when we work this out together, we're doing this as a team. And, you know, we, we are behind each other 100% of the time. You are their role model. But also remember, and it, it does go back to this team, you know, at many, many schools, they have a buddy system where the older ones look after the younger ones. And what I would do, and you could do this maybe in your sort of one-to-one -one time with the older kids, is sort of just do that. Do you realize how much your younger sibling looks up to you? You know, you're their role model, you know, and, and it's up to you to set a good example and look out for them and, and watch, that, watch out that they're okay because they, they adore you. They just think you're fab. And what that does is it gives your elder child that responsibility. Now, I'm not saying that you're going to have, you know, you, you, that it's up to them to put them to bed and bath them and, and um, you know, feed them and water them. No, 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 that, that's the parent's job. You, you, you can't abdicate too much responsibility. But just to allow the older child just to sort of keep an eye, not, not in an autocratic way, but to feel that sense of, um, caring and responsibility and get your older child to realize, oh, well, actually they are setting an example to the, un to the younger ones. And actually that, that tends to work quite well when they sort of feel, because invariably the older kids feel as though they get lost somewhere because the mum and dad are in charge and the babies are just the babies. So where do they fit in? So if you sort of, without making it sound like too much of a hierarchy, um, 
just let them know that they are part of this team and they are the role models for for, for their kids, uh, for for your the, the younger kids, because it really it just sort of sets them up and helps them understand that we're all in this together. And there you have it. 12 pointers to combat sibling rivalry. Remind yourself that these squabbles, these arguments, the chaos that goes under your roof is all normal. It's part of family life. It's part of growing up. And, and you know, that's how it should be. It's a great stamping ground for your kids to learn early on um, all about relationships and how to operate. Uh, and and they, they test the boundaries in family life, first of all, before they go out into the big wide world. So it's a matter of setting um, a, a loving environment for them to learn. It's as simple as that. So good luck with that. Any questions, give me a shout. And this comes, as always, with very much love. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to this entire podcast. If you want to help other parents looking for support, then please share this with your friends and family. Because if you found this podcast useful, then they will too. So please share via your social media. If you have any parenting questions, then please give me a shout through my email, which is toolbox at kygraham.com. And I may even use your question as a future podcast episode. If you want to connect, please come and join me on Instagram. Just search for Kai Graham. Also, could you do me a favour, please? Parenting teenagers can feel very confusing and isolating at times. And I believe that it takes a village to raise a child. And we are here to support one another. I'd love it if you would leave a review on iTunes. And a good one, by the way. (laughs) Because when you do, it lets more parents out there know that there is support for them too. Thank you. And as always, this comes with much love.